You're listening to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. With over 1.5 million downloads, this is the place to be for all your short-term rental knowledge as part of the Vacation Rental Formula Business School. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship of Price Labs, who will help increase your revenue and occupancy with their dynamic pricing and revenue management tools. Price Labs have just launched their 2023 breakthrough release of the next generation of revenue management. This brand new cutting edge solution leverages hyper local data to optimize rates and increase your revenue like never before. Visit the link in the description of this episode for more information. Without further delay, here's your host, Heather Bayer. Today, we head over to the Scottish Isles to talk to Jane Mack, a former property manager who now runs a holiday let consultancy in the UK. We're talking about how to structure, manage and grow a business in the most effective and impactful way. And if you like systems, you'll love this conversation. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. And as ever, I am super delighted to be back with you once again. I hope the sound's going to be okay on this recording. As you know, if you listen to this, I am sitting in an RV in Gulf State Park in Alabama, where I am for the winter. And as I record this, there is quite the storm going on outside. It's torrential rain and very high winds. Actually, as I'm recording this, and I just talked to somebody back in Ontario who's telling me what a gorgeous day it is. Blue sky, sunshine, warm. And I'm just beginning to second guess my intentions here of being down south for the winter. It certainly isn't uh, what we signed up for today, but hey, it's going to get better. I know that. But uh, that was just a heads up. If you if you hear something in the background, then that's the wind outside. So here we go. In the early days of working this business, I used to think I worked in a vacuum and we're going back, you know, into the period between 2004 and 2012, I guess, maybe even more than that, because there was no one out there to give any advice or suggestions or just listen to my thoughts and ideas. I mean, well, actually, there were people who listened to my thoughts and ideas, but they tended to just nod and smile and wave because they had no idea whether these ideas and suggestions would work at all. They just gave me that arena to share them. But it wasn't until we launched the Ontario Cottage Rental Managers Association, and that wasn't until sort of back in 2017-18, that we got the opportunity to network with other managers and finally realised that we were not alone in this business. So I wish I'd known today's guest around that time, as I'm sure we would have shared a lot, even being in different countries. Jane Mack and her husband bought a holiday home property management company back in 2010. And it was mainly property management. And it by the time they got to 2012, they decided to expand it to offer marketing and bookings. And they created a full-blown holiday letting agency. And the business continued to grow until they sold it to the UK's largest holiday letting company in 2017. And Jane now provides consultancy and coaching services to the holiday let industry. We have so many things in common and I really wanted to pick Jane's brain on the things that she really excels in, which is the structure and the systems of a business. Whereas I tend to get you know, a little bit overborne in the strategy, the overarching strategy, Jane is very down to earth and she wants to ensure when she's talking to her clients that they have the best foundation possible for their business to succeed. So uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. All these things that you need to have in place, the foundation of your business. And it doesn't matter whether you've been in the business 
six months or a year or even 10 years, it's always good to reassess how your business is structured and if necessary, go back and make some changes. So without further ado, let's move right on over to my discussion with Jane Mack. So I'm super delighted to have with me today Jane Mack, who is, as I am, a recovering property manager. And I'm super delighted to have Jane with me. I came across her a while ago, but didn't actually get to see you talk or share your knowledge until we both did a Jen Boyle's direct book success summit recently and I was just so taken with your knowledge and understanding of the business and how well you shared it that I wanted to to have you on so welcome Jane thanks so much for joining me oh thank you Heather it's such a a pleasure to be here because I've as you say I've also followed you for a while and then it really wasn't until Jen's summit that we really got to, to kind of meet each other so it's been lovely to actually now get to probably talk to you. We've so much we can talk about, so much in common. Um, I think we could share stories for hours if we kept talking. So it's lovely to be here. Thank you. I know that pre-conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, um, I think went on for about 45 minutes, nearly an hour. Yeah. And I think we could have we could have just carried on. And yeah, certainly okay. those stories. In the introduction I just did, I was talking about when I started in the business way back in 2003, which is when we started. I mean, I'd, I'd been managing my own properties since the 1990s. But in 2003, we started our company and there was just nobody around to ask anything of. And I'm sure the same went for you when you started. So so why not tell us your story about how you got into the business and your journey as a property manager? Absolutely. So I started a bit later than you, Heather. I was 2010 and my husband and I, it was a bit of a just sort of happened moment that we ended up buying a property management company over on the Isle of Arran, which is a little Scottish island, not too far from Glasgow. And it was one of those things, change of career, we're going to look after properties, how lovely and wonderful. And it was just looking after properties, right? There was no money, no no bookings, no advertising at that stage. And off we went. And yeah, just started to, you know, enter the world of property management, got to know what worked, what didn't, what needed done. And it was very quickly on and sort of early on that uh, in the process that our owners kept asking all the time for the bookings and they just assumed we would do it so the natural thing was basically to expand it so we expanded it brought the advertising the bookings and we just started to grow this business it was one of those ones where because there were other people out there locally and more nationally and I just thought you know if we get 10 to 15 properties to let that would be lovely we'll keep managing all the others but before we know it you know we were sitting at 50 properties we'd done a lot of work in the business we'd really mastered the whole property management side we had done a lot of streamlining in the business because we realized that for efficiencies and more cost effectiveness and to really focus our time in the right places we had to look at our services we did a lot of work on that and really getting a more simplified business model and you know it just kept growing and we learned a lot along the way and things were going lovely it was like this is great this is our our lovely business our new life here we you know we've got everything sorted and then we were approached to be so you know, to, to, to buy, basically, somebody wanted to buy us. And we thought, we're not going to sell. That's not on the plan. We don't, we're not for sale. And, yeah, it was one of those things through a number of conversations over a, quite a long period of time. You know, we, we ended up selling it. And, you know, I'd asked them at the time and I said, why, why do you want to buy us? Because it was a big national company wanted to buy us. And I thought, well, we're just a small little local business. You know, why do you want us? And I'm like, because you've got basically got the market share and we can't get into your area because you're here. And I thought, ooh, I thought, oh, Ellen, that's quite, I never thought of it that way because you don't do. We don't look back over our past experiences, really. We tend to just get focused on the doing and, and you know carry on moving forward. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we've actually created something really, really good here that a big company wants it. So that's what prompted us to sell. But at the same time, we continued working for the business because, you know, as they said, we knew our owners and our guests and our market. That's They didn't know that. That's what we'd built. And we had trust and loyalty and everything there. So we continued to run our local office. And after a few years, things started to change. And I knew that the time was right for me to leave. Mm-hmm. So after that, I realized that the consultancy world was kind of where I wanted to go down and really just after kind of finding my feet and taking a bit of that recovery from property management as you said there you know taking that recovery period to kind of gather my thoughts on it all I then went back into 
the world of consultancy and you know, within the holiday letter, vacation rental market, it's depending where you are in the world, you call it, and helping other people to now grow their, their businesses the same way that I did. That's so interesting because this sort of mirrors what uh, what I've done, except yeah. <laughs> except when I got into it, we started with just doing marketing and bookings. Mm-hmm. And yeah. our owners, in fact, managed all their own properties, mm-hmm. um, which once we, I mean, we got up to around 180 properties and, and it was like herding 180 cats. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe it, yes. <laughs> because we knew every property inside and out. Yeah. And we knew our owners so well, but not all of them were great at their choice of cleaners and maintenance people or really on top of it. Some of them did their own cleaning, which we always said, do never, 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 never do that. (laughs) Oh, no, you don't want an owner clean. Nobody wants an owner clean. (laughs) Because I I used to clean my own properties and then realise that, you know, I'd walk in and go, oh, my gosh, this is this is my pride and joy. And you've you know, there's there's a speck of dust. (laughs) You've disrespected it. And and I realised once I got my first professional cleaner in then and told her that only tell me if you can't turn it over in the four hours that's all I want to know if you can't turn it over in the four hours then let me know otherwise it's fine it's fine but by the time we sold in well that was just last year in I think Mm. it was last year maybe two years 18 months ago we sold and by that time, we were moving into having full-time property management within the company. But it took us yeah. 20 years and you started with it. So <laughs> very, very different. But then I, I did the same, moved into consultancy because, you know, myself, like you, realised that there are a lot of startup managers out there who are sort of floundering a little bit, just trying to put all the pieces together and figure out what yeah. to do. So Absolutely. who is your typical client? I'd say... Mostly it tends to be people who are managing multiple properties. They're managing other people's properties. Um, Some of them have maybe been in the business a few years, but they've kind of got to that point where it's like, oh, I've grown. I've not really got my systems and things in place. It's all a bit scattergum. Ah, I need some help to get everything nice back in place so they can grow it forward. Um, Or people who might be kind of starting that journey and they're like, what do I do? What do I put in place? How, how, just how do I do it? I don't know where to start. So I give them those those sort of pieces of the jigsaw to push everything together and get it set up so that they actually have a flowing business that they can take forward and grow as they go on. So how do you feel that the role of property manager has has changed since you you left the business? You know, what, say, what what's more challenging now and what's easier? <laughs> Yeah, oh gosh, it was easier. That's what seems to be the smaller part, I think. Um, so challenging, definitely, I would say for challenging, you know, guest expectations have risen hugely. I saw them rise when I was in the business, but they've risen even more. And I think a lot more attention has to be paid now to the properties, you know, in terms of what they provide, their upkeep, you know, keeping on top with owners about if a property looks tired, they really got to put the effort in to bringing these, these properties up to standard because, you just get left behind if you don't do that because there's so many out there that unless you're up there the right standard, people are going to go elsewhere. And also just see what you can offer to guests to improve their experience. The guest experience seems to be huge now. I'm seeing that everywhere. Everything is all talking about the actual experience that they have. Um, and you want to be able to improve that by offering additional services, collaborations, local business support, such a, an array of ways that you can bring in that better experience so that they want to book through you and they want to book through your properties and it says well alongside with that goes that the marketing has all changed I mean that's mm-hmm. become a huge huge thing as well compared to you know back in our in our day Heather back in our day <laughs> um <laughs> you know there are you know there's just so many OTAs out there now and they're like the big big business behind them and you know with, with all this many areas are really saturated as well and when you get that saturation there's a difficulty in bringing on new properties if you want to offer pro- your service to others. But also, you know, people are really wanting to go down this direct booking rate, save on commissions and, and costs that way. So once again, with that big saturation we have out there now, that's more and more difficult to be able to do that. So I think as well, property managers, they need to be continually learning. They need to be continually improving and just keeping up to date and moving with the times and I think as well there's a lot more there is a lot more learning out there in different areas so there's lots of resources now which they can do that but even like the saturation itself brings 
to the point that things like housekeeping, that's really, really difficult now. And it always was. It was always the hard part of it. But I think when it's there's so much demand out there with new properties and there's a lot less availability of really reliable, good housekeepers and people are really struggling with that as well. And I think, you know, when you manage multiple properties as well, you're not only managing your housekeeping and your guests, you're managing your owners and with all the changes that go on and, and um, you know, changes in the market, you have to adapt to it and they have to adapt too. So educating your owners is another challenge because quite often they're, they're a bit adverse to change. Or our owners, sometimes they don't like to have to buy new things or implement new things and put new things in. So these can be quite, we roll that in, it's quite a more challenging time than certainly when, I think, back when, when we did it. Yeah, exactly. There's there's so many things you were saying there that I really, really uh, relate to, you know, the, mm. the, the cleaning, just finding the reliable people. And I think, I mean, this yeah. is worldwide. It's not the Isle of Arran. It's not Ontario, Canada. Mm just it's everywhere and yeah. and we hear that refrain all the time and you know I, I remember those those heady days of paying $15 an hour which for a cleaner to come in and mm-hmm. now we're hearing $100 an hour is pretty much okay and that wasn't yeah. that long ago because the you know it's supply it's a supply demand and there is yeah, so much absolutely. demand mm-hmm. yeah um, but I think you know you said earlier about the things that are easier there Certainly from when I did it, we now have these amazing systems out there that you can implement mm-hmm. and put everything into and they automate so much stuff. They cut your time and processes, you know, they can save you money and it really, really help your, your business to run much more smoothly. So that to me is where the easiness side has come in, that there's all this availability to help you from a resource side that we didn't used to have. And I, I know that, you know, earlier, was that last year, earlier on this year, I went to the um, Short Stay Summit in London and so all these exhibitors of all these amazing systems, and I was quite blown away by it because these didn't exist back when I used to do all the property management. And I thought, oh, if I'd had you all 10 years ago, oh, my God, you know, my life could have been so much easier. And now it'd be more like, oh, my God, if it's the choice, what do I choose? Which yeah. one? But there's so much there to actually give you that flexibility of what do I need in my business? What's going to help me? And what's going to make my life easier, that you've got it all there. And that, to me, is a, is a huge win for property managers these days now. Well, I think this is a great segue, in fact, to you know to start talking about the foundations of a business because getting that tech in place at the outset yeah. is at the foundation. And I mm-hmm. understand where you're coming from talking about the array of tech. In Orlando at the Verma conference, uh, it was completely overwhelming. Every time I go to oh. another conference like that, it's the exhibition hall is now hangar size. You could get a 747 oh in there. Um, <laughs> and, and the just different types of tech that's mm-hmm. now uh, available, it's, it's mind-blowing. And I, yeah. and I hear from people who – and I, I was like this. I was always an early adopter, you know, something mm-hmm. – because – Way back when, <laughs> we're talking when. about, there wasn't a huge amount. So if something came out, you could jump on it and actually expect yeah. that it was going to work for you. Or you made it work for you. Mm-hmm. But now I think you have to be so much more discerning in terms of, mm-hmm. of what you start with. Yeah. So if you were coaching somebody starting a small holiday let or a property management mm-hmm. company, what would you advise them to put in there as the foundation of their business? Certainly the systems is, is one big thing. So if you can get as much stuff and as many of your processes into one area and many parts of it which can be automated is a huge time saver. But for me as well, is it's a huge part of avoiding human error. Mm-hmm. So stop stop holding it in your head. Stop trying to just make notes and write down because that's where things get missed. And we try to log something in one place and then we have to put it in another spreadsheet and there's duplication waste of time and things get lost so get those systems in there so you have this really nice way that your your business will sort of flow in one place and also when you start to you know bring people on to work with you you can all access it from the same place so everything's in one place and to me that's a really really good foundation to start on I think looking at how you're going to run the business you know what what structure you're going to have in place how's it going to operate because you need to look at you know the, the support you have and and how everything's going to link together who's going to do what what roles and responsibilities and it all has to flow nicely otherwise that's where you get in a bit of a muddle that's where everything becomes a bit scattergun if you don't have a good structure there to follow where everyone has their place and knows what they're doing and finally I would say is 
just keeping a really good look at your services and what you're offering and keeping everything as streamlined as you can and as simple as you can. It really helps you operate much more efficiently and certainly much more cost effective as well if we have a quite simple and streamlined cell in there. So you're talking about structure, structuring, streamlining and mm-hmm. getting your systems right. Your systems. Yeah. yeah. So let's take each one of those in step then. So let's mm-hmm. start with structure. I think you've sort of given some of the benefits of getting that structure right from mm-hmm. the start. But let's say somebody's coming in into this for the first time. They've owned a mm-hmm. few of their own properties. This is where we a lot of us started. You owned a, you owned your own <laughs> properties, and then yeah. the the, you know, the guy next door said, "Could you do mine?" And then you've got a relative, mm-hmm. and then before you know it, you're managing five properties. That's how I started. Yeah, and had no clue, absolutely zero <laughs> zilch idea on how this all worked. Mm-hmm. So if you if you had been, or I wish you had been around. <laughs> <laughs> in 2003 how would you have what what would you have said to me in terms of the structure and how do I think about it yeah well if you think about it first in one way as a property manager we wear many many hats right so you're the housekeeper you're the property checker your customer service and your owner services and your even maintenance because I think anybody who's in property management will know how to top up boiler pressure and do all those really fun things that you need to do so you kind of do everything but the big thing with, with you having a good structure in place is because if you don't have a structure, then while you're out doing all those things and you're trying to do everything, then you're not focusing on actually growing the business. Um, you're not looking at you know your guest experiences. You're not implementing all these new ideas that you might have. So when you put a structure there, it means you're getting some support in place. You know who's who's going to help with different jobs there mm-hmm. that are required, or are you really clear on roles and responsibilities? Who's doing what? What is the process for maintenance? You know, what is it? And, you know, who's going to deal with it? Who's going to contact your trades? Who deals with the owners then? And how do they get paid? What is the structure in order for these things to happen? And when you have individual people, you know, working on these areas, it just means that there's a real focus on it as well. They find the gaps. They see what works. They see what doesn't work. And that's where you can keep improving in the business. And it allows you, as I said, you can go out and focus on growing the business and just making collaborations out there and and relationships with other people and just taking on the business side and when you've got that structure in place with other people doing their own jobs and responsibilities you're also going to give your owners and your guests a much better experience as well because it's much smoother and it will change you know your structure will change as you grow because you know it's it's going to because you're going to have more property so you need more resource but it just means it's much easier to change as it grows because you already know how it works and you see whether the gaps are, how it works, what didn't work, and you can change it as you go. So, you know, it's really is a case of just getting, being quite clear of how you wanted to run and operate, start getting a bit of support and being able to have different people doing those different things so you can focus on the business and not be every hat wearing person every day. So at what point, I mean, you, you talked about your, you know, the, the typical client is, is one that's got to that and we call it the tipping point. Because yeah. we had tipping points in our business. And I remember getting yes. to the first year, you know, 13 properties. And then 35 properties was our big tipping point because we had to look uh-huh. at a different property management system. But at 13 properties, it was, mm-hmm. do we need to hire somebody? And that that's a big yeah. one because now a significant part of your income is going to be shifted yeah. because that's going to pay that person. So choosing that person mm-hmm. to fit into your structure has got mm-hmm. to be so carefully done I, I remember we lucked out actually we found the right person but but it, it wasn't through a great deal of thought it was because we found somebody that we really liked rather than somebody that we because we didn't really think about what job she was going to do yeah well that's it and sometimes you just if you get somebody you think I'm going to work really well with them you think brilliant but then at the same time you think hmm but actually, they're going to do the job well, but I really like them and we'll work well together. So, yeah, you've got to find that fit. Don't you? You've got to find what, what's going to work for you. And I think as well, every business is different because, you know, there's also the, the owner deciding, well, what direction do I want to go? And do I want to just get to 13, 14 properties or do I really want to grow it? And I mean, the thing is, you can start with like a part time person. And then start to see what the role is and see how it changes then. And you can maybe start with the two part-time people and they can kind of cross over. Mm-hmm. And that's quite a good one is letting people cross over so they have a good idea of the whole business of, and they can share the job roles before you start bringing on full-time and another person and separating it out. So and that's how we started. We started with you know a part-time person and another part-time. One person went to full-time and we kind of grew it gradually in line with the business going. But, you know, 
we made some mistakes as well. We had mistakes where we structured in a way that everyone had a look with location specific, but it was too misaligned. It wasn't all joined up right. So we went back to it being job role specific. So you just, I think it'll it'll fit your business how you run your business, but it's just been able to start with somewhere. And that means part-time and building it up. And then you see where it works in your business. Yeah. And I think when you get that, when you really sit down and think about structuring the business, mm-hmm. Then, then that gives you a better idea of you know yeah. where where the person is going to fit in. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I just like hiring people that are like me. You know, oh gosh, you're so <laughs> like me. Then you're going to come aboard, come aboard. Yes, and then we've got you know half a dozen ideas people, and nobody's paying attention to the details. <laughs> nobody's doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, fortunately, I had a business partner who was entirely the opposite of me. So, you know, uh-huh. he was he was down there deep in the deep. I mean, he's he's actually still working within with, with the company because he, he knows the, you know, the ins and outs, the details so well. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, that that's important. Of course, that that really is another, you know, the whole hiring is is, is another topic. Oh. And I just want to move yeah. on to what you call streamlining, which is your second yes. S, which is focusing yes. on the services and that, that you're going to offer and the pricing mm-hmm. and how you're going to be competitive in the market. Yes. So can you elaborate on that one? Yeah. So looking at obviously your service is your most important thing here. What are you actually going to offer people? And you know, sometimes it's not necessarily oh, offer more services and we'll get more money, but it's about looking at the value of the service. You know, how much is it costing to run? Is it bringing you in more money than it is cost neutrality is it more hassle to run than it is actually worth it and you know it's not sometimes we think we've got to offer all these services because that's what my competitors are doing so I better offer these so I'm as I'm as competitive as them but that's not the case and this is where you might when you tie all this in with like streamlining it's keeping it that really simple way and sometimes it might be that one service is just what you can offer really really well but that's okay so it's about being very aware of your times, your costs, your resource. So you're actually offering something of really, really, really good value. And, and I guess that's probably where the pricing comes into it because very often, and I've seen it quite a few times lately, and I know it for myself, as a property manager, you end up working for free at times <laughs> because we are not, you know, we're too keen, if you like, to make sure we do everything for the owner and everything for the guest. And I'll just go to the house and do this. I, I just pop that in and you do all these things you've not actually charged for it it's not part of your remit and you realize actually you you know you need to sit down sometimes and look at what exactly do you do as your service how much is it costing you and even take into account the distances you're having to drive you know if you have properties that are spread all around the place that's going to be a big time resource but also a cost in terms of fuel so these things are sometimes forgotten about and this is where your pricing is so important that what you're charging people is because it's what you're actually offering them Mm-hmm. And I think we forget sometimes when we start charging stuff, we never really relook really back on it. It's just like, oh, that's what I charge. And that has to be constantly relooked at because things change and it's something you just always have to review. When you do look at the actual services you do, this is where the standout pit, um, which I always talk to you know clients about, is because what the services that you offer, you know, it's based on your business, not somebody else's. And, and it's very hard to, to stay a bit blinkered to that because we do like to look at everyone else, don't we? We do like to see what everyone's doing. It's, it's human nature. But it's about trying to stay in your lane and focus on, right, what do I actually offer? Um, and, and it's how you do it as well. Just because you offer the same service as somebody else, you might do it slightly differently. You might operate in a different way. You might, you know, and it could be down to a personal service you give or maybe it's maybe it's more online to them. It, it's entirely up to you and how you do it. And, you know, for, to give you a bit of an example of this, I once had um, like five, f- about five offshoot services for my main property management service. And once I looked at it all and I thought, you know, half these are more hassle than they're worth. I really, this is just a nightmare. And yes, it was an extra bit of income, but really mm-hmm. I got rid of those so I could focus on all the letting side and advertising and bringing in all the bookings. And because we did that, we timed to do it, but it also meant that we could really focus on being good at those services and I realized that what our customers wanted was they liked the fact that we had a local office they had a personal service for guests and owners you know what we could offer as our service because we were here on the island in person was what made us stand out from our competitors but we put our focus into that so we could offer the personal service we got rid of all these services that were a bit faffy and a bit of a hassle because we didn't really need them 
the money was all in the bookings mm-hmm. anyway. So that's where we went to and it was much more profitable. But we also could produce uh, what I suppose our own unique selling point of what we could offer because we could put our time into it. So that's just where it's really important when you look at all these three together, you know, your services, how you're pricing it. And what from that can make you stand out is a really, really good foundation in your business. You made such great points there. I talked to somebody else in the podcast about a year ago, I think, and he'd built his business and then realised that, you know, people wanted loads more things. So he started opening sort of other little businesses to service Mm -hmm. his business and then found, you know, you just spread yourself too widely. And in fact, once he started to ask his guests what they wanted, what was most special to them, it wasn't all these him doing all these peripheral things. It was simply mm-hmm. him suggesting where they could go and get these peripheral things. Yeah. So if he, he then went on and went into partnerships with companies that delivered it rather than trying to do it all himself. himself. So, yeah, I, I, you make such a great point about just talk to your guests, find mm-hmm. out you know, what mm-hmm. do you like the most about mm-hmm. working with us? What do you like the most about the way our company operates. And I think you really yeah. hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, and it's a really with that simple one. thing. Just open your mouth and speak. We can all do it. Sometimes <laughs> I think we overthink things sometimes and think we have to have this amazing, big, state of the art service that nobody's heard of. Well, no, just speak to people and ask them and do it. It's, you know, it's yeah. not rocket science. But we sometimes we just overlook things that are right there in front of us as well. Yeah, overlook things and we overthink them as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I'm going to take a short break just now to hear about our sponsor, Price Labs, directly from one of their clients. We're going to be right back with more from this great interview in just a few moments. I've been in property all my life. We do a a lease on some properties. We own some of the other properties. And now we manage and we're open to in the UK to any other owners coming to us for management of their property. Before Price Labs, how I was setting the rates, I wasn't so sure, if I'm honest. I had a feel for the price that worked and I had a feel for the price that didn't work. And then some days would book up really quickly and I'd think, oh, wow, that's cool. And then I'd realise that there was an event on locally and I'd missed it. So no wonder it was booking up quite well. I'm still learning about price lamps. The grouping of properties is a big feature that we use. We've often got multiple properties in either one block or in one street or something like that. They're all identical, so therefore we just price them together. Another one is the orphan stays. It's really cool. So if we've obviously got a gap and... A one-night stay, let's say, for example, it's in a very touristy area like Bath or Edinburgh, and I've missed the opportunity to offer a weekend one-night gap as a one-night stay because I've got a two-night minimum. I'd really kind of kick myself that I'd not done that. So that's a really, really beneficial. So we're an affordable premium brand, and we can put a blanket price increase on all of our properties or any selected properties versus the market. When you own the business, which all business owners will know, you've got a pipeline of things you want to implement and generally save you time or make you money. And the big thing for me is how do we save time? Overall, it is really helping us be efficient. And I think that was the key thing. Thank you so much for that testimonial. It was great to hear how Price Labs is working so practically with their clients to help them achieve success. So let's go on right back now to our interview. So um, we talked about competitiveness and services and pricing. Um, Oh, yes. One other thing I wanted to touch on, just back you up on, is this doing things and not charging for them. And while you were talking about that, it just reminded me of one owner we had and we we brought him on and he needed a lot of hand-holding. And then we we got his property online. We got the first guests in, the first rental, the microwave broke. And I was just 
in the car with, uh, we, we always carried spare pieces of equipment and appliances and things. So I took down a microwave to his property and the guest was super happy. I took out his microwave and just getting him to actually acknowledge that we'd done this thing was one thing. <laughs> Getting him yeah. to pay for the service was was another, and it really got us thinking about you know we've got to, you've got to be upfront with owners when you take on board mm-hmm. a new owner, you be mm-hmm. absolutely upfront with them about what yeah. your services are and what you're offering because we tend to talk a lot about services to guests and forget about yeah. the services to owners. Absolutely, and you know I was just speaking to my client this morning, and and uh, we were talking about pricing and services, and we talked all through the pretty much what I've just said there, but knowing what you do and what you charge. And she realised where she wasn't charging. And we did a very quick calculation. And I said, do you know, over a year, then that's £16,000. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> she says, oh, my God, I can't believe you've just found me £16,000. And I says, but this is why you need to look at this, your services and your pricing. So, yeah, that was quite a, a bit of an eye-opener. But it was just simple things, but it was just being lost along the way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, getting Don't lost along the way. I, th- I think it, ha- it happens to all of us. We get into yeah. this this flow of, of business and the day-to-day yeah. working of it and things just fall by the wayside. So you're, yeah. you're making some really great points here. <laughs> lived so, and learned. Heather yeah. lived and learned it all myself. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the next one is systems. And you say that good systems are absolutely essential. Can you give me some examples of systems and why they're so important? Yeah. Um, well, I, to be honest, looking at systems, I always think, look at the actual booking journey. So if you think from the moment that a guest goes online and books your property, that booking is going to hit a number of points in its journey. So it's going to hit the guest who's going to need their directions and property information and all that good stuff. It's going to hit the housekeeping because there's a change over needs done. It's going to hit the owners because they need paid from it. You need paid from it. And it's going to hit a maintenance because there's possibly a maintenance issue needs done or even right down to a kettle being bought for the property or something. So it's going to hit all these points. And at this stage, all these areas need to be in some form of a system to keep log of it and keep track of everything. So, you know, when I mentioned earlier on about these amazing systems that are out there now, you know, a good property management system, which is going to keep as much stuff together as you can. Um, You know, there are so many out there that it really is a case of researching of what's your business like, what size, what do you want, what do you need it for? Um, is really important to do. But things like, you know, you want it to link your bookings in with your property management side. So it, it's kind of tied in in terms of the housekeeping and the changeover. You want your housekeepers to log in, your owners to log in if they can. That means they're getting their own information. You're not having to resend this all the time. You know, if, if you do look after multiple properties and you have to do owner statements at the end of the month, then making sure that's in a system that can calculate all that for you and links to your bookings is, uh, you know, absolutely it's worth its weight in gold because if you have to try and calculate and add things in spreadsheets and pull stuff together, having it there automated is such um, a fantastic thing. And, you know, if you think about even just you getting paid, is it is it pulling, I know, imagine us getting paid, for goodness sake, <laughs> you know, is it actually pulling off a report that tells you how much commission you're due or what you do, or you have to calculate or you have to find it somewhere else. So it's getting it all linking as best as you can in one place. I mean, you might need two systems, depending on what you do and what way your business operates. Because, you know, there's separate housekeeping systems you can have where you take an app out and it logs maintenance and housekeeping. Or, you know, so there's different things out there. You know, it's quite a personal choice of what you want. But getting everything, thinking that booking journey is everything tying in. But what I would, I would definitely, definitely say is document your processes because that way everyone and anyone who comes into your business can pick that document up and go, right step by step, this is how I do things. I was obsessed with this. I had every single process documented everywhere. And it also meant if you did change something slightly, it was just a change here and there and it done it and it was updated. But it also meant my, my team, anyone could pick it up. They knew exactly where to go for the documents. In you go, find the process and read it. You know, And yeah, I was quite obsessed with that. But it pays off. Sometimes it takes a bit of time to make you think, oh, God, I've to sit down. I've got to document this. See, once you've done it once, that's it. It's done. And mm-hmm. it's there for everybody. And sometimes we just got to take that time to do it. And, you know, if you're thinking thinking ahead into the future, you know, if you're wanting to grow and you want to bring on more properties and more team, 
you know, having your systems there and having your all your processes documented, it all just works with you and it goes with you. I did a, a tipping point episode. We, we do a, a separate episode of the podcast each week on a Monday, which is just a very short educational piece on, on just a single topic. And I did one, in fact, the very first one I did when we started this series was on standard operating procedures. SOPs. Oh, yes. And, yes. and I explained that when I started my company, we, you know, I kept everything in my head. <laughs> and so when new people came on board, I explained it to them and then somebody else might come on and they'd explain it to them. And then it was just this, you know, this whisper process where, yeah. you know, what, what I'd said in the first place wasn't exactly what transpired from the third <laughs> or fourth person along the line. Yeah. And I really learned the hard way about SOPs. So I did this tipping point episode and somebody made a comment and just said, but I'm only an independent operator. I'm just a single person. I just do all my own stuff. I don't need to have these. And I just went back and I said, so what happens if you've got, you know, you've got three properties. What happens if you get sick and you're taken out for some reason, you've got people in your properties who deals with it. And she came back and she said, oh, Never thought of that. And I think, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, this is this is why it doesn't matter whether you've got one property or, or a thousand. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you put everything into an SOP. Yeah. And I was very, very late, again, because I come from a, a, a top-down approach. So documenting stuff isn't my thing. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love it. I bloody love it. <laughs> you know, I love I, a good step-by-step guide. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll spend hours looking for for ways of making it simple and then never never actually do it. So, yeah, that's why I think we, we could work well together. <laughs> you, find, you find the ways, Heather, and I'll document it yes. for us. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, coming back to that, I, I just wholly agree that sister, having systems in place and then documenting everything you do is, is just an absolute necessity. So thank you for, for bringing that one up. Where do you find most managers uh, find, you know, what, what, what obstacles are most managers finding to being more successful? What just gets in the way? Definitely from the people I speak to recently, the biggest thing I'm seeing is they are getting pulled in every direction and caught up in the day-to-day tasks. And they can't actually step away from the business to actually focus on growing up. And they struggle to let go of tasks because they don't really trust their staff, but they really want to keep control. And these are the two areas that I'm finding people are really, really struggling with. And it means that they're stuck in that everyday hamster wheel circle and not actually focusing on the business side. And, and that's all about working in the business instead yeah. of working on, on, on yeah. the business. Mm-hmm. What is that book called? There's a, um, uh, I'm going oh, to have to think about I, that. You know the one I'm yes, thinking about. Um, it's been out for years, hasn't it? It's been out for years, and it's it, it's. I've just I've just read it last month. Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's got about ten iterations of it, yeah. and it's gone right out yeah. of my head. And I'm glad it's yeah. gone out of yours as well. Me too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I'll come to us in a flash. I've, I've got it. It's the E Myth. The E-Myth, yes. The, the E-Myth, E-Myth Revisited. Yes. Uh-huh. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes because, yeah, yeah. it's that, that book, as you say, that book's been out for years. Yeah, it's and, really good. It's brilliant. And it's it's just as relevant today as it was yeah. then. I know that um, a lot of people are reading Traction by Gino Wickman and using EOS, the, the oh, Entrepreneurial right. Operating System. But uh-huh. it's, it's all the same thing. It's about mm-hmm. getting out of the getting out of the weeds and um, getting somebody else to do the weedy stuff (laughs) while you while you can concentrate more on actually making the business work Um, what tips would you you know just finally what tips would you have to give people who are feeling a little bit stuck and who are maybe at that tipping point anything they could do right now I would say certainly if you are in that that tipping point stage and you need to sort of get out of that hamster wheel effect, I think you need to get very clear on where are the areas that you need help with and actually sit down and get these out. Where is the areas? And actually, what do you want to be doing more? Get really clear on what you want to do in the business because we don't often think about that. And this is where I think that you do, sometimes you've just got to invest a bit of time and a bit of money in bringing on some support to help you do these tasks um, and if you work closely with with a new team member then make it clear to them their roles their responsibility you know as I said things are documented let them you know let go of one task at a time you can still see what's going on you can have daily catch-ups with them you can access systems 
but do actually give them a chance to come into their own and use the use the role and the responsibilities that you've, you're paying them for. And I think as well, what we don't do is we don't set time aside for things. We just think, I have no time. I'm so busy, I have no time. And we automatically just assume that, that I can't do it because I don't have time. You do actually have time. It's just, you've, you've t- I think you tell yourself that many times you don't have time. But I think you do need to set the time aside. And when you actually do that and start working in your head working it out and getting stuff out of your head you realize actually here's the areas i need to focus on these are the health this is the health i need then you you will start taking the actions but you've got to stop doing everything you're doing and actually put a wee bit of a plan in place you know there, there's support and supports out there now which is fantastic you know and there's people who will come in to help you you know, don't do it alone we're not supposed to do this alone and, and in this <laughs> industry you cannot do it alone in this industry but you do need to really make be clear what do I need support on. You know, who can I get in to help me? Who can so I can start to step back a bit and actually, actually get back into loving your business again? Because we do fall out of it. Love you can fall out of love with it when things just get too much all the time. And I think it's just so important that we do, we do start loving our businesses back again. But get a bit of support in there to help you do it. That is great, Jane. Thank you so much. You know, so many. <laughs> nuggets here and i think uh, i think they're going to be super helpful for people before we finish can you share a little bit about you know what you do as a consultant how you can help people who perhaps are feeling stuck absolutely so really as i said at the beginning i work mostly with people who are managing multiple properties or people who are looking to move into that area and grow up more of a you know, bring in the advertising bookings and the property management. So I help them to set up the business in a way that it can run smoothly. You know, we look at their systems and their structures. We look at their processes. And we can do this in anything from, you know, a very quick 90-minute call that they can just take some information and go and do it themselves because some people are great. They're doers and they're just ready to go. They need a, that little bit of support. Um, but I've also do one-to-one coaching consulting on a number of weeks. And it's very much, it's very tailored to the individual because everyone's businesses are different and you're all at a different stage. So it's very tailored to what you need and to help your business go where you want it to go. Well, I will make sure that your information is on the show notes and people can find you there. It's been absolute pleasure talking with you. I'm sure we will connect again. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to be at the Shorties in London next year. I don't know if in the Short Stay Summit. So maybe if you're there, we yes. might get to meet. Yes. Oh, we definitely will, Heather. One day we will meet in person and talk for hours. <laughs> we we will. I mean, it's it, it is. Once you get into this business, say you don't want to fall out of love with this business because it's yep. you know it's just full of so many great people, and and I yeah, would never want to lose all those connections. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, once again, thank you, and all the best, and we will connect at uh, at some point. Thank you, Heather. Thank you so much, Jane. It's it's always such an absolute pleasure to talk with a property manager who I who I feel that we really you know when we really connect that we've gone through all the same things almost on a very similar timeline. Um, so that was that was great. So as I said in uh, the end of there, if you want to connect with Jane at all, then you can find her information on the show notes. And don't forget that if you're looking for consultancy, I also do the same. And I come at it from a little bit of a different direction. As you probably found out from that conversation, that my core skills are in the strategy overview type of uh, area and then into marketing and branding and the guest experience Although I I can talk, of course, about systems and standard operating procedures and structure, but always interesting when I talk to somebody who's looking for consulting and, and ask them what type of person is going to work with them. And some will say, well, I want somebody to help me with all that detail about how do I get all these pieces in order, all the pieces of the puzzle. And others will say, you know, I've got all these ideas and I need to be able to translate them into something that is going to work. And really, I want a sounding board. So when you're out there looking for a coach 
or looking for a consultant, it's really important to have in mind what this person is going to be like. Where do you want them to be coming from? Do you want them to be detail-oriented? Do you want them to be more focused on strategy? And then start looking. Now, in the new year, we will be launching our Consultants Corner on the Vacation Rental Formula website. And that is going to feature some of the best consultants and coaches in this industry. And we're not allowing anybody to just come on board. We are interviewing the consultants and the coaches. We're talking to some of their clients. And we're only going to bring you those that have proven results. There are so many people out there calling themselves a consultant or a coach or an expert or a guru. And we're trying to sift through all of that and just bring you the best. So if you're interested in finding out more, if you are a consultant and you would like to be included in this consultant's corner on the Vacation Rental Formula website, then please let me know. Get in touch with us. You can email me at heather at vacationrentalformula.com and we can have a discussion on uh, what it all entails. If you're looking for somebody, then this is, as I say, this is going to be launched early in the new year. So just watch out for it. Um, We will, of course, be promoting it when it comes to fruition um, because we want to kick off with at least 10 people who are really skilled in different areas, whether it's marketing or foundational work or operations or revenue management, all sorts of different things. So look out for that. And hopefully if you're looking for somebody in the future, we will be able to source that for you. So that's it for this week. Always a pleasure being with you. I'm going to say, I'm usually at the end of this, I say I'm going to head outside and go for a walk on the beach. Well, I'm definitely not doing that today, but I will be, I'm sure, in a couple of days. So have a lovely day. I'll be with you again next week. Oh, and don't forget to watch the Tipping Point episode on a Monday. Always an interesting session that brings you a very specific topic. So watch out for that as well. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Price Labs, and their dynamic pricing and revenue management tools. Click the link in the description of this episode for more information. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.